Life by Divine with Sue Tomei fosters deep healing and profound awakenings as she guides you to hear, answer, and trust the highest calling of your heart. Your host and sacred guide is Global Impact Visionary Leader Sue Demay, a best-selling author, international speaker, and gifted intuitive healer who challenges all of us to shift from life by default or even life by design to truly living life by divine. And now, here is Sue Demay. Welcome, everybody. I'm so excited to be here with you. Week two, episode two. And today, the topic we're going to speak about is when we fight to be right, we will always feel wrong. Before we jump into that topic, I want to just share a little bit again about the background of Life by Divine. We went into it a little bit last week and just talking about the idea of life by default living life by design, or living life by divine. Life by divine allows us to be really fully present in this moment as life is unfolding. As most of you know, life is occurring now. And we hear that, be present, be in the now. We hear that. And it sounds really easy, but it's not always easy to integrate or practice. There's two things that go on in our mind at all times. There is an alignment with our heart, uh, trusting the truest calling of our heart and trusting the guidance and the intuition that comes from within. And then there's the other teacher in our mind, which is fear. And many people call it the ego. I name that teacher the ego. And I name the teacher of love spirit. So we have two teachers in our mind at all times, ego and spirit. When we're in alignment with spirit, we're in alignment with our heart. We're living life by divine. We're trusting the guidance to come. We're taking the moment-to-moment appreciation for life and, and allowing life to unfold on our behalf, as us, for us, through us. And then there's the teacher of fear, which is the ego. And the ego mind is really tricksy, and it has many, many tricks up its sleeve. And over the time that we spend together through the episodes, My intention is to really help you understand how the ego gets in underneath, in behind, and hijacks every part of our life. If it can, if we allow it, it will hijack every part of our life. When we live life by default, we are essentially living asleep at the wheel. We have no conscious awareness of whether we're being heart-led or whether we're actually letting the ego and navigate our life, whether we're making a choice from love or fear, we are just asleep at the wheel and reacting to life. One moment after another, we react. We live a lot in, in life by default. We live a lot based on fear or regret of the past or fear or worry of the future. And so it keeps us out of the present moment. The ego is designed to keep us out of the present moment. The ego doesn't know love, so it can't teach us love, although it can disguise itself as love, which gets to be really tricksy. So don't worry, we're going to unwind the mind, unprogram, unlearn, unschool. This is what this, this radio show is all about, and it's what I'm really passionate about, is breaking down all the foundations that are no longer serving, all of the programming, all of the, the thoughts and inherited thinking and inherited experiences in life that really influence our reactions to life and help you 
align and respond to life using that impact from that empowered place, which is being heart led, letting the spirit within you guide you, lead you. And we, we come to this place of oneness with that spirit within us. And then in that, when we can embody that oneness within ourselves, we can then embody that oneness with each other. So ultimately, we're leading toward that unification and that unifying us in love for each other and our planet. In the beginning, it looks like separation. In the beginning, it looks like we have to kind of remove ourselves and stand up and stand out and stand strong within ourselves first before we can do it collectively. And I'm excited over the next few weeks and, and our time together, we're going to be able to really dive deep into a lot of these ideas and perspectives. And I really want to challenge the status quo. I'm going to kind of rock your foundation. I'm going to shake things up, rattle things up. I'm going to challenge your minds in ways that maybe it hasn't, hasn't been challenged before. And there's times where I'm actually maybe going to trigger you a little bit or a lot. And I would encourage you actually to stick with me and stick through it because it's, it's in the density and moving through those challenges and moving through those triggers and shining light on what's hidden and underneath and shining light on what causes us to react, creating awareness around our leftovers that actually really frees us. And not only frees us, it's freeing all of humanity. So as we go inward and clear our own stuff and really clean up our own internal environment, our mind, our bodies, our spirits, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, energetically, then we actually are able to be of better service in the world. And we're actually be able to service humanity and, and come from a place of love more authentically. So what we're looking to do is be more of a full, authentic expression of self. And not the small self, the ego self, but our higher self, our, our soul connection. So as we embark on this journey together, I, like I said, I'm going to trigger you a little bit. And this topic might actually be triggering for people because we're programmed to fight to be right. Because we're programmed to fear being wrong. So we fight to be right because we're afraid to be wrong. And we're afraid to be wrong because being wrong comes with a lot of shame. It comes with, with guilt. It comes with blame. It comes with not being good enough. It comes with unworthiness. There's so much wrapped up in being wrong. It comes with a lot of judgment, judgment of self, but also judgment from others. And a lot of that judgment from others we can't control. So it feels. It, for a lot of people, being wrong feels like punishment. It almost feels like a sentence, like a life sentence. And for some, it can actually feel like a death sentence. When I work with people to help them unwind their attachments and worries and fears around being wrong, there's some real deeply rooted and inherited programming that needs to clear. So just a hearts up, this, this episode might actually trigger you and that's okay. If you can just be okay with being triggered, then we actually can get in underneath and, and shine some light on things that perhaps have been keeping you stuck and, and holding you back without even your awareness. So a lot of times this is hidden stuff. I always 
tell people I help them see the invisible because as an intuitive healer, I can feel and sense what's behind the words. I can feel and sense what's hidden underneath in the physical body, in the emotional body, even in the spiritual and energy body, even in the mind. I can often get guidance and insight around what's stuck up in the mind, thoughts and beliefs that are held there that are just long hidden from, from the individual's awareness. So as we go through this topic today and try on the idea of our willingness to be wrong. Even me just saying that is enough to make people want to squirm in their seat and run away. I was just working with a client this morning and she was just like, I've said this to her several times. Are you willing to be wrong? Can you try on the words? I'm willing to be wrong. And she was just squirming, squirming because it's such deep programming. It's such deep programming. Let's take a look at your relationship to being right. You take a moment, take a breath, close your eyes even if you need to. And it's helpful sometimes to close your eyes when you're listening to my episodes because I've I've told you before, everything is infused with healing energy. So there's a healing potential behind everything I'm saying. My voice, everything is actually infused with healing potential. So as the words are coming through and you're hearing them, there's an opportunity to say yes to the healing that's behind and available behind it. As you reflect on your relationship with being right, do you, would you say you fight to be right? Would you say you're one to kind of back down? Do you stand up and kind of mm, gather evidence and, and argue to be right? Or are you someone that just kind of lets things go? My husband is one that tends to let things go which is good because I have a tendency to want to be right. So this is a pro- the work in progress for me as well. I'm, I'm not, this is something I'm still working on. It's still part of my programming. So I'm layer by layer, I'm peeling it back and, and healing it and clearing it and working at the next layer and working with the next layer and working with the next trigger. So when you look at your relationship with wanting to be right, how does that show up for you? Some people just believe they're right all the time, no matter what it is. It's just their fight to be right is so strong. And the thing is, every time we're fighting to be right, the other person has to be wrong. That's how, that's how society works. It's like one, it's either right or wrong. There's no in between. Can two people be right about the same thing? Can two people be wrong? Do we have to have one person right and one person wrong? In the eyes of the world, we do. In the programming that we received in our minds, we do. That's how it's set up. So how do we shift that programming? We begin by looking and creating some awareness. Awareness is a gift. It's actually the first point in, in healing something. And the moment we have an awareness, healing's already begun. That's the good news. The challenging news is it's not just with awareness. Then there needs to be some action that comes into place and a willingness to look deeper. So as you look at your relationship with wanting to be right, you take a radical, honest look at that. 
Take a moment to look at your relationship with being wrong. How do you feel when you're wrong? How do you feel when someone proves you wrong or points out when you're wrong? Do you cringe? Do you feel shame? Do you feel embarrassed? Do you feel afraid? Some people are afraid to to take action. They're afraid to do things because they don't want to get it wrong. So it paralyzes them and, and it stops them from even taking risk. It stops them from even doing anything. Some, some people just don't do anything. And some people are so busy fighting to be right that they miss life altogether because they're always trying to gather evidence and proof. The thing with fighting to be right is even if we're right, we will always feel wrong. Because no matter what, there's always going to be someone out there that will disagree with us or believe that they're right. I've noticed a lot on social media it's become a real, it's, it's almost like there's this social media courage to speak up. And, and it's good because it, we need more people standing up and speaking their truth. But at the same time, what it's actually given people is this, this artificial courage to lash out, to be mean, to attack, and criticize other people. And it happens a lot. And I noticed, in, particularly in the last couple of years, it's gotten more and more, where if you stand on one side of an opinion or hold one perspective, there'll be people that will agree with you and there'll be people that won't. There'll be people that will make you wrong and say you're wrong. And then if you switched gears and went to the other side, and stood in their perspective, there'd be another group that would say you're wrong. So no matter what, at this point, you'll always feel wrong. And if you're fighting to be right, someone's got to be wrong. It's either you or them. And even if you're right, you'll still be wrong in their eyes. So on some level, you'll still feel wrong. Now, we can agree to disagree. We definitely can do that. Not a lot of people are comfortable with that. Because agreeing to disagree is almost like a truce. It's not actually saying that one person is right and one person is wrong. Although you can agree to disagree from a place of fear and control and say, oh, okay, we can agree to disagree, even though I know I'm right. <laughs> or we can agree to disagree from a place of love and just say, well, this is the perspective I'm holding and I respect and honor that you have a different perspective and it's okay. The question I have is, who decides what's right or wrong? 
there was a time where, you know, people believed that the earth was flat. Who decides who is right and wrong? Somebody decides that. Somebody decided along the way that this is right and this is wrong. And it's not that black and white. Because you can take 10 people and put them in a situation. They're all in the same room. They're all having the same physical experience or, or you know, one perspective of, of the experience. But their internal experience or their in interpretation of it or their beliefs and thoughts about what happened will be different. Who's right and who's wrong? If someone had a really traumatic experience from something and another person is just like, it was no big deal. Who's right and who's wrong? Who decides that? We first decide that in our own minds. Society has decided it along the way. There's a lot of programmed ideas of what's right and wrong. And my intention is not to get into a, a specific debate around the rightness and wrongness of, of different choices and different things we're doing in, in the world. My intention is to open your mind to another perspective. Open your mind to a possibility because as long as you believe you're right, your mind is closed. It's closed to another perspective. It's closed to even hearing what the other person has to say. It's closed. A, a mind that believes it's right is closed. Now we could say that too, a mind that believes they're wrong, a mind that believes it's wrong can be closed just the same. Or a mind that believes it's wrong is only open to trying to prove that they're not wrong. But the whole idea of like seeing kind of a judge in our minds, judge with that gavel saying, you know, right or wrong, guilty or not guilty. That's what's happening in our mind. Our mind is programmed to see right or wrong, to, to, to look at the duality of everything. So even the idea of love and fear, it's, it's still a duality, but we teach that we teach that until so that we have an understanding because at the level of the mind, we need an understanding in, an, in, in order to have an understanding. We teach duality because our experience and our perspective as a human, human with a human mind is duality. But in order to unwind your fight to be right, we need to create an opening in the mind. And I'll share shortly how to do that. And I promise most of you are going to be triggered by it, by the idea. But in some ways, there's actually going to be freedom in that. The idea that we think we know, when we think we already know, our mind is closed. When we think we know the answer, when we think we 
Oh, I've already heard something before. Oh, yeah, I've already heard that. I know that. Mind is closed. A closed mind is not a healthy mind. Because the heart isn't meant to be closed. The heart is open. It's meant to be open, meant to be soft, open to receive, open to extend. And as long as the mind is closed, it already thinks it knows, then it actually is not even open to what the heart has to say. So we're not even close to other people. We're close to what our heart is leading and guiding us. So our inner guide or inner teacher spirit can't even guide us, can't even direct us. Because we're closed. We're already closed. So I've talked about two different types of knowing. There's the knowing in the heart. And then we think there's the knowing in our heads, but it's not knowing in our, in our minds. In the mind, it's actually knowledge. And the more we think we know, the more knowledge we think we have, the more we think we're right. The more we believe we're right. And the, the more we'll have the idea that we fight to be right. That's part of the programming. So how do we unwind from that? How do we shift that? The idea that we don't know what we think we know. If we can imagine offering over everything you think you know and everything you think you don't know, we create an opening in the mind. An open mind is a curious mind. An open mind is a mind that is not judging in that moment. An open mind is an observing mind. It's open to direction. It's open to guidance. It's willing to take the passenger seat as the heart takes the driver's seat. That's life by divine, letting the heart lead. Because when we let the heart lead, we lead with a knowing that goes beyond the mind, goes beyond the physical limitations of the human mind. It goes beyond logic and reason. It's a knowing that goes beyond all of those things. And it's in service to everyone, everywhere, all together, all at once. So offering over what we think we know and offering over what we think we don't know creates a beautiful opening in the mind. An open, curious mind. We shift from gathering knowledge to tuning into the knowing in our hearts. And that knowing in the heart doesn't have the duality. The heart doesn't have the right and wrong. The heart just speaks exactly what we need to hear exactly when we need to hear it. And the heart is operating on everyone's behalf because the guidance is coming from a source that's greater than us as a human here on this earth, walking on these 
in these two feet. Taking this path one step at a time. As we open our minds and offer over what we think we know, we create space for a new perspective. We actually create space for a dialogue and communication. And we're able to actually hear other people's opinions and other people's perspectives. And in that space, we can become compassionate witnesses for each other. We can try on their ideas. And it's still, it doesn't have to fit. It doesn't have to become our truth. But we can honor where they're at. And we can honor who they are. And we can be witness to the experiences they have. And we can validate their feelings without judging, without criticizing, As long as we're fighting to be right, someone's got to be wrong. And that doesn't feel good. There's no room for forgiveness. There's no room for anything, really. There's no room for love. Love is pushed out, out of the equation altogether. So what if you're totally willing to be wrong? What if you could offer over everything you think you know and everything you think you don't know? And just ask yourself the question, what if I'm not right? What if I'm, I only think I'm right? And am I okay not being right. What comes up for you when I say that? Are you okay not being right? For some people, there's a real deep intensity that might rise up. A real life or death kind of fear. A terrifying experience of not being right because they're so afraid to be wrong so afraid to be judged I'm going to talk a lot about judgment I'm going to talk a lot about projection as we go on on this in this in the series of episodes because that's really what I'm seeing so much in the world right now as we have our own pain rise up it's so uncomfortable and we want relief so we project it out we project it out as blame we criticize, we attack, we blame others for how we're feeling. That's a, our way of kind of avoiding what's washing up. So before we take a break, I just want to take a moment to just give you permission to feel how you feel. Just feel how you're feeling right now. Close your eyes and take some deep breaths. As long as you're not driving, as long as it's safe. Take some deep breaths and really honestly ask yourself, how do I feel and where do I feel it? So there's the how do I feel and where do I feel it? That brings us out of the mind and into the body. 
There's a beautiful opportunity there to heal and clear some of this energy. I'm going to work with the energy in the background here for everybody who's listening. And all you need to do is say, yes, yes, I'm willing to heal. Yes, I'm willing to receive. Yes, I'm willing to look at what I need to look at and be willing to heal, be willing to feel. That's going to allow us to heal what's underneath. When we're fighting to be right, we actually avoid feeling what's underneath. But our freedom is actually in feeling it. Our freedom from all of the pain and all of the past stuff is in processing and feeling our emotions. Our emotions are energy in motion. And when we allow those emotions to move and be expressed and be cleared, we actually free ourselves. A lot of people are afraid of the emotions. They're afraid to feel. We've been taught that. It's, again, another level of programming, another aspect of our programming. Wipe your tears. Don't cry. Suck it up, buttercup. You need to be strong. You're not allowed to feel angry. All the negative emotions, what we call or label negative emotions in the world, is that I call them the dense emotions, all of the dense emotions actually need space. There's an opportunity to heal some deeper layers when we actually honor and allow those emotions. So when we feel, we free ourselves. When we feel that layer of emotion, when we process it, it clears. So if someone's fighting to be right and you're feeling triggered by that, let yourself feel the energy behind the trigger. And you might need to do it after you're with them. You might need to do it on your own and do it later. But in the moment, if you can, can you give yourself permission to feel it? Because when I work with clients, all emotions are welcome. It doesn't matter what the emotion is. I honor your grief and sadness. I honor your anger. I honor, honor your rage even. There's a healthy expression of anger. And when we give ourselves permission to actually heal and feel those emotions and move those emotions in a healthy way, in a healthy expression then we free ourselves. And we then can actually be wide open to hearing another perspective, to joining with somebody else and listening, communicating, communicating in a way that we're actually really deeply listening and wide open to what others have to say.
So I'm going to invite you to take a moment just to take a deep breath and sink deeper into your body. Really feel what's present. Feel what's there. Create some space. Imagine you could soften around the emotion, soften around the density. And imagine it rising up, or maybe it's moving down. Create some beautiful space along the spine. Imagine that you could actually create a little path so that the energy can move up or down and be released. Imagine the energy could move and rise and clear. What if it could find a beautiful path out, out through the top of your head or down through your feet or out through the tailbone? Feeling this beautiful shift as you witness and allow the expression of the energy of emotion. Take some deep breaths and just really sink in deeper, soften even more with each breath. We're just going to take a moment to pause, to feel. Stay with me here. As you take another deep breath, I'm going to invite you to try on the idea of I'm willing to be wrong. As long as you're fighting to be right, you're not willing to be wrong. What if you are willing to be wrong? What would that look like? What would that feel like? I'm totally willing to be wrong. It's one of the affirmations I used over and over and over again when I was unwinding my need to be right. I'm totally willing to be wrong. And in doing that, I actually learned a really powerful lesson in compassion. And it was a very humbling experience. Because in the ego mind, it is not humble. The ego mind believes it's right and everyone else is wrong. 
and it's very convincing. As we shift from the fight to be right to our willingness to be wrong, we create an opening in the mind. And in creating an opening in the mind, we actually weaken the ego. We soften that fear. We create a beautiful path for another possible perspective. A humble mind is an open mind. A curious mind is an open mind. A willing mind is an open mind. We spoke last week a little bit about how there's this unification happening. There's these groups coming together and uniting, standing up, standing out, standing strong. And as they're uniting and as they're speaking their truth and healing their collective wound, it triggers the collective wound in another group. And often what happens when we have our our old wounds kind of poked at and prodded at, we will resist. We will feel uncomfortable. So then we project. And we'll project blame or project onto another saying, well, if they would just stop doing that, then I would feel better. If they would stop saying that, then I would feel better. What if you could feel better without changing what they say or don't say? In A Course in Miracles, there's one of the lessons that I really used a lot, a lot more than just one day. There's 365 lessons for those of you that don't know about A Course in Miracles. And one of the lessons, you usually do one lesson a day. Sometimes you can stay on longer with it, but this one really I I took on and and kept (laughs) kept going with it. And the lesson is, in my defenselessness, my safety lies. Now I changed the wording a little bit so that it resonated a little deeper with the work I was doing, and I started to use the words, in my defenselessness, I am free. Because what I found myself doing was defending me being right or defending how I wasn't wrong, which is the same thing. So as long as we're defending something, defending our perspective, defending how that we're right, then we actually are defending and and we're, we're not even open to hear. We're not even open to hear what others have to say. So take a moment. We're going to head to a break real quick here. And take a moment to reflect on the idea of defenselessness. What if you put all your defenses down? 
What would that look like, feel like, be like for you? Who are you without your defenses? I want you to sit with that question, and then when we come back, I'm going to go a little bit more into how we can continue to shift from fighting to be right and our willingness to be wrong, just so that we can actually really all open up and have these beautiful conversations with each other that will lead to the unification of all of humanity. But unless we're willing to break down these big mind program barriers, we'll always stay stuck. Share, I'll share a little bit more on what you can do in your life with these concepts. If, you were, if you're just tuning in, my name is Sue Dume, and you're listening to Life by Divine. I've been talking about when we fight to be right, we will always feel wrong, and how we can actually shift our mind and open our minds to another perspective so we can actually heal these collective wounds, these individual wounds and collective wounds that are rising up right now with all of humanity. And as long as we're standing in that fight to be right, we'll have our defenses up and our minds will be closed. When we try on the idea, I'm willing to be wrong, I'm willing to be wrong here, that opens up the mind, even if it's just a crack, even if it's just like cracking open a window, cracking open a door, just open it up a little bit to the idea that I might actually be wrong. And, and even if I'm not, I'm willing to be wrong. Even if I don't think I'm wrong, I'm willing to be wrong. That willingness actually opens up space in the mind and calms the ego mind, the teacher fear in our, in our heads, to create space for a dialogue, creates space for even honoring someone else's perspective. We don't even have to agree. We don't have to agree that we're both right. We don't have to agree that we're both wrong. We can just honor each other and respect how we feel and our perspectives and our experiences. And that is something that can actually unify us. So as long as we're fighting to be right, we'll feel separated. When we I talked just before the break, the idea of dropping defenses. So in our defenselessness, we are free. In our defenselessness, we are free. The, the, those words came from A Course in Miracles. And the, the original lesson is, in my defenselessness, my safety lies. As I started to explore that, this in my own life and, and dropping my defenses, I actually started to really soften and be able to hear and listen to other people in a way that I hadn't been able to before. Because in some ways, I was already in my head trying to figure out what I was going to say next or gathering evidence as to how they were wrong or, or what evidence I should say in order to prove that I'm right. And it's still a work in progress. It's more in my relationship. My husband's very patient, which is great. He's probably the, the perfect person to be in my life because he's not one to fight to be right. Although every once in a while he will challenge me and I've asked him to because I want him to call me on my stuff so that we don't get caught in these patterns and stuck in these patterns. So in my defenselessness, I am free, allowed me to actually look at where is the attack here? Like what, what is being attacked? When someone else has a different opinion, what is it that I'm protecting? Am I protecting 
my my right to be right, my my idea that I'm right? Am I protecting my fear of being judged? What am what exactly am I protecting? What are you protecting by defending your need to be right or defending that you're right? What is it underneath? What is what is behind that? That's really the question we want to ask ourselves and that's where we want to go because it's not about the situation. It's not about what's happening. It's about how you feel about what's happening. It's the feeling that is actually the, the point of entry where we can actually trace it back to where the root is. And sometimes the root is in the mind and sometimes the root is in the emotions. Sometimes the root is in an energy or an old trauma. So our willingness to explore that opens up space for deeper healing and allows us to awaken our minds even more and raise our level of consciousness. So as we drop our defenses, the only attack really that's happening when we're fighting to be right is the attack that's happening in our own mind. Our own attack thoughts are actually what's more painful than anything else. It's our own attack thoughts that create the most suffering. So how do we shift from fighting to be right to a willingness to be wrong? We practice. You say the words over and over and over again and over and over and over again. I remember I went away one weekend with family. There was a bunch of family around and I kept saying to myself over and over when when I wasn't talking to somebody and they weren't talking to me, I had this ongoing tape in my head I'm totally willing to be wrong. In my defenselessness, I am free. I'm totally willing to be wrong. In my defenselessness, I am free. I just kept saying it over and over again. And every time I would say it, I would feel like a layer of resistance wash up and I would create some space and allow that energy to rise and clear and it would move. And then another layer would come and then another layer would come and then another trigger would come. So it was a process. Healing is a process. Sometimes we can heal something in an instant, but these deeper rooted beliefs will take longer. These deeper rooted core foundational programming, it definitely takes time and patience and compassion towards self and toward others. We're all in the same situation. We're all right now doing our best to heal our collective and individual wounds. And these are wounds like go long back. As a, as a white woman, there's a lot of white wounds, white triggers, triggers for white people. There's triggers for black people, indigenous, people of color. It's, it's everyone has history. And some of the history is actually quite ugly. And I'm going to get into some of those topics, those more sensitive topics, those more controversial topics, because we need to talk about them. And we need to talk talk about them in a different way than we've been talking about them. In order to shift and change the patterns, we need to look at these things differently. We need to take a good, radical, honest look at these these situations and these, these controversial topics and start to shift the energy around them. And they're going to trigger... People, it's inevitable. We can't talk about sensitive topics without triggering people. But the good news is the triggers are the friendly 
reminders that, hey, there's something here to look at. Hey, there's something here that needs to heal within you. So instead of feeling triggered and then lashing out and projecting, which a lot of people are doing right now, there's a lot of attack. There's a lot of verbal attack. There's a lot of violence. There's a lot of people getting really angry and, and blaming, pointing fingers. That's, that's the nature of the ego. The ego loves to project because as long as it puts it over there onto somebody else, then you don't, you feel better temporarily. As long as it's over there though, you can't heal it. So we need to take back our projections. We need to take ownership of how we feel. We need to feel our triggers fully. We need to feel our feelings to free ourselves from them. And at the same time, we need to honor and respect other people as they do the same. So today, I, I would love for you to, and, and take it for the week or two, like take it as an assignment. This is your heart work. This is your heart work. How do you fight to be right? Where are you afraid to be wrong? How does that show up for you each day as you move through each moment? Where are you willing to be wrong? Where are you willing to try that on? Start with one area of your life. Start with one relationship. Start with any situation that feels like an easier way to start. You don't have to do it all all at once because that's that all or nothing. The ego loves the all or nothing thinking because it really sets us up for failure. Start with one area. Start with one piece. And watch it shift. Watch it transform. Watch your relationship shift. When I'm, when I'm defenseless, in my defenselessness, my relationships are, are richer. There's more love. There's more nurturing. There's more compassion. There's more caring. There's room, room for love. Because defensiveness is a block to love. So in your defenselessness, I am free. Try that on this week and see how it feels. As we keep going week to week, I'm going to keep challenging some of those Perspectives in our minds, the program mind, my, my intention is to unwind, unlearn, unprogram, unschool, and open up space for us to be able to shift from the separation that we're all feeling to unifying us, unifying us in love for each other and our planet. And it's going to take some work. And if you're willing to do the work, I'm willing to show up and do my work and support you in doing your work. Because we're all in this together. We're not meant to do this on our own. We're not meant to do this all alone. And I know that's another programming. That's another part of the programming. It's like, it's not, it's, that's not what we're meant to do. We're meant to unify. So let's join together. Join your heart with mine each week. Let's do this. Take my hand. Let me show you the way. Let me illuminate your path as much as I can. And I'm going to learn from you as well. We're going to learn from each other. We're always students first. I'm always a student first. That beginner mind, that student mind keeps, keeps the mind open. So I'm willing to learn every day. I'm willing to teach. I'm willing to integrate. I'm willing to be wrong. And I invite you to try that on this week. If you need support in between these episodes, I invite you to come to my website 
we have a growing global community of heart-led living members and there's lots of different support that I offer there. I would love to see you over at heartledliving.com. That's heartledliving.com. You can also find our Heart Yes movement on Facebook and have some support in between these radio show episodes. I honor you. I love you. I appreciate you. I see you and you're a beautiful light in this world. You have a role that you're meant to play and it's essential that you play the role that you're meant to play. And just know that your life matters and that your part matters. And as we unite together in our willingness to play our parts, we actually contribute to the healing of the whole. Until next week, I love you. I appreciate you. Namaste.